coming to you from fabulous Las Vegas. The right side is the winning side. The late move is the correct move. Sports betting capital of the world. We all know when a sharp like me weighs in, the lines move. It's a party for your ears. <laughs> This is The Buffet with Chad and Scooch. I want to buy that guy a buffet. Here we go. Hello. Welcome to The Buffet with Chad and Scooch. I am Chad Millman of the Action Network. On the phone with me from the Orleans, representing all the Boyd Gaming books in the state of Nevada, Mr. Bookmaker himself, Scooch, Bob Scoochie. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Listen, it's Monday afternoon here on the East Coast. Uh, it's Monday morning where you are in Las Vegas. We have a massive show today because we have to recap what happened in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, which was full of like four or five pretty bad beats um, in a variety of ways. We have to preview the Final Four, including the miracle that is Loyola of Chicago. Um, and we have to do a little, little tiny bit on MLB season win totals. Just just a little tiny bit. Um, and later on in the show, uh, we're going to have some special guests. At this point, we know we have Stanford Steve Coughlin from ESPN and SVP. Felica, Chris Felica, Chris the Bear Felica, he has not decided if he's going to join us yet or not. So it's going to be a mystery. We're not going to know until we record uh, tomorrow afternoon. Scooch. Scooch. Chad. Scooch. Scooch. So where do I want to start first? Do I want to start with the fact that I had Loyola in the second half plus two and a half? And if Nevada Reno uh, was in the penalty, I probably would have won that. Or do we want to start with all of the people who had um, uh, Michigan minus four and a half against Florida State and yeah. – those people who didn't get a chance at the free throws because they didn't foul with 10 seconds left. Yeah. Or do we want to talk about Duke, Kentucky being 10 points under the total uh, with 55 seconds left, only to end up going to overtime and going way over the total? Like, there are so many bad beats to talk about from this weekend. I don't know where to begin. I know. They, they, depending on what side you were on in a lot of those games, you were either, either uh, you know, euphoric or you were throwing stuff at your TV set. One of the two, because they could have went either way in some crazy last minute or last second uh, decisions, both by you know coaches and players, just really affected. In certain situations, didn't affect the outcome of the game, but certainly affected the outcome of your betting ticket and uh you mentioned all the games and actually there was another game too kansas and and clemson uh where it seemed like there was plenty of time to uh foul kansas with when kansas was up by four and there was another game where they were laying four and a half or five depending on, on what you had him at and uh they just couldn't get to the guy and he was able to just run out the last six seconds of the game and uh before they were able to foul so uh a lot of games it just came down to the last second and you know in the sports book you can just hear the oohs and the ahs you know they go from uh, from cheering loudly to then suddenly everything just got just completely quiet it's uh so you really know what side uh, the the audience needs What side did people need this weekend? Like in the second half of the Loyola game, uh, which I was on Loyola plus two and a half, um, <clears throat> where was most of the book this weekend? Uh, 
Um, so the, the book, we needed all the underdogs, um, with the exception of, uh, the Syracuse Duke game, uh, where they took the plus 11 points in that one. So that, that, that wasn't good, but we needed all the underdogs. Uh, so particularly in that, in that Michigan game against Florida state, uh, that was the big one that we really needed Florida state. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Obviously, I thought we had that one lost. Uh, Florida State pulled within three and four, and then all of a sudden Michigan goes up by ten. I, I pretty much thought it was over then, but Florida State makes a little little bit of a comeback, and uh, and boy, when they didn't foul them, I, I'll tell you, I was pretty happy because four wasn't the best number. We were at three and a half. We were at four and a half. So it it wasn't it wasn't the best number of, of the outcome, but it was certainly better than Michigan by five for us. So uh, uh, that 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 worked out for the books. And like I said, most of the 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 betters in the in the sports book were not happy with that outcome. Yeah, that was what, when you're in the sports book. Is it easier to tell the side that is happy or the side that is sad <laughs> so it, it's definitely uh well that's a good one uh the, the sad crowd is silent so it, it's easier to tell the happier side the, the the happy side they're cheering they're yelling um like i said if i'm getting sidetracked in my office and i'm not paying attention to the game when i hear that eruption of cheers i know that you know the favorite just hit a three-pointer i could tell i could tell the crowd noise from the three-point shot uh it, you know it's just very sudden it goes in and then i hear it and and it's funny because sometimes i'll watch a feed in my office that's not a, a an hd feed now the hd feeds sometimes are on like a three four six second delay delay sometimes even longer so a lot of times i'll see the shot go in and i'll be like oh no and then five six seconds later i'll hear everyone's cheering and yelling so it's, it's kind of funny and you needed you needed you needed kansas to win this weekend as well or at least to cover against duke um that was a little bit of a miracle for you too. Like that could have gone any way in the last 90 seconds. Yeah. Well, you know, that one, we, we got a lot of money on both sides on that one. And, and being that it was the last game of the weekend, it kind of tied up a lot of people's parlays. We were only going to do slightly better on Kansas than, than Duke, even though Kansas was, was the underdog there. Uh, it wasn't as big of a game. We really, the Villanova game was really, you know, much, much bigger for us to, uh, in, in terms of, you know, hoping for an underdog there. So uh, once Villanova covered, uh, it was kind of like every parlay was going to either side of the, the Duke-Kansas game. Uh, but, uh, I, I mean, it, it kind of went the way the betters were ante anticipating, meaning they couldn't make up their mind in this one, and it kind of panned out that way going into overtime. And, you know, it was really – could have went either way throughout that whole second half. Let's talk about this Loyola team. What happens to you? How bad is a scenario is it? How bad of a scenario is it for you if Loyola wins, given all the long odds, et cetera, et cetera? Well, it, out of the four teams that are in it, in terms of the future bets, it's it's the worst case scenario for us, but it's not a doomsday scenario. So we we were pretty quick to move this team. If you remember before the tournament even started, we said this is one of the teams that can be a, kind of a bracket buster. So we knew that there was going to be some some people that were going to take a shot with them at three hundred to one and two hundred to one. So we were very quick to move them. So most of the money we got 
on Loyola was in the neighborhood of probably 50 to 1, 80 to 1. We took a couple tickets at uh, 150 to 1, uh, but no significant tickets. You know, $10 bets at 150 to 1. I think the biggest ticket we wrote is maybe $50 at 150 to 1. So, you know, we're not going to get crushed, but it's not our best uh, scenario. Um, it's kind of interesting that now that they're they're in the Final Four, they're they're actually betting this team against Michigan, which is kind of kind of odd. They figure they got this far as, as big underdogs, and they're no longer the, the the sizable underdog they were at the beginning of the tournament. So now it's anybody's ball game, and and it's good to have a team like this in with the blue bloods, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, you, you want to see the Dukes and Kentuckys and Kansas is in there uh, all, all the time for uh, to, to, to have that big name in there. But you always want at least one team that kind of sneaks its way in the years that we had, like a, a Butler, uh, you know, it's, it's a good story and, and, and it keeps some interest. You know, you get kind of a David versus Goliath feel in this thing and it kind of makes for interesting betting. So I don't necessarily think we would want three or four, you know, nine seeds or 11 seeds, but uh, certainly one of them going up against a lot of one and two and three seeds isn't bad. So I have a couple of thoughts on this. Number one, the action, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, I had a little cough there. Yeah, the action that network. Action network. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> the, uh, the action network is still, thanks to our uh, fiasco of an event the first weekend of the tourney where we bought all those futures tickets and then couldn't give them all away because we were kicked out of the event before we could finish. Um, we are still holding a futures ticket on Loyola Chicago at 85 to 1 to win the tournament. So um, we can make back a significant amount of the money that we spent on our, on oh, our sweet, uh, you know, on our yeah. um, on our uh, marketing investment. If yeah. uh, Loyola wins that event, uh, number one, number two, I feel like people have been betting Loyola all through this tournament. Like this number has moved in Loyola's direction every single time. So tell me what Loyola is against Michigan right now. Uh, they're five, they're getting five points. And where did it open at? We opened at six, uh, and got a couple of big bets from some sharp guys. And then the public kind of followed them as well. So the ticket count is about two to one in favor of, uh, loyal Chicago. How big were the bets? Like how much did the wise guys bet? Uh, they were betting like between 5,000 and 10,000. So they're making big bets. They're, those are big numbers. They, they are for usually, uh, I mean, we usually we don't get this type of sizable bets immediately following uh, the the elite eight games. I mean, usually they they take a couple of days to uh, to handicap this, to think about it. But th- this was right out of the gate. So they had their number kind of in mind uh, right out of the gate on this one and uh, got got driven down, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty much right out of the gate. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, like we just said, the the fact that they, uh, they they've upset everybody so far. So they, they, to make it this far, they, this is a really good team. I mean, it's one thing to say that they're they're surprising everybody, but in in many respects, this team entered the tournament very underrated. So some of the some of the sharp handicappers that have. Uh, followed this team throughout the season knows that they could play at a much higher caliber uh, than most people thought going into it. It's not that they're suddenly just, you know, playing so much above their head than they've played all season. 
to a lot of handicappers, this is the way they've played all season. So it's not as big of a surprise uh, that they've gotten this far. And uh, I, I've heard a lot of the uh, professionals talk about this team, like I said, before the tournament even started. So um, to be getting, you know, six points even against Michigan seems like, uh, you know, there's a little bit of value there that the, the this team could easily uh, uh, play play real close with Michigan and possibly win the game. So that leads to a very natural question, which is, why did you set the number so high? Well, you know, we have we have our our numbers kind of preset before all these games, and then we make we make adjustments throughout the tournament, and we've been making some adjustments. I don't think we made too much of an adjustment after the uh, Nevada game because uh, that game kind of panned out the way the way we sort of thought it could have went either way. The line was one or two. Uh, but uh, prior to the tournament, we would have made Michigan a nine, nine and a half point favorite against uh, loyal Chicago. So we, we have made some significant adjustments, but we can't um, uh, make too much of an adjustment. I, you know, looking back on it. Yeah. Maybe we could have lowered it a point because I really thought the public would probably bet Michigan a little bit more uh, than they have. So I kind of knew that the wise guys may may like loyal Chicago, but I did think that the public would be on the the favorite a little bit more. And we do have a week before the game, so they could come back on them. But uh, it looks like uh, even the public might might like loyal as kind of that Cinderella team. I got to tell you, you're so wrong about this game. Yeah, like you should have opened this game at four. And that's the only way you were going to get Michigan money. You were going to be at four. You were going to be at four by today's Monday afternoon. You'll be at four by Wednesday. Um, it's the power of Sister Jean. Everybody is a sentimentalist at the end of the day. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. what you're getting is the wise guys who, like, we, we've talked about this a thousand times. Like, so one of us literally wrote a book about it. That <laughs> yeah. the wise guys love betting college basketball because there are teams like Loyola that nobody pays attention to all year and are really good, fundamentally sound basketball teams that can go in in a tournament and with a few days to prep and then potentially, you know, 24 hours to prep. They have really good coaches. They get really good players who stick around. And so they can sort of run circles around a lot of these teams that might be more athletic, but don't have as experienced a crew. And wise guys love that in teams, which is why you've seen the wise guys come in in Loyola um, throughout the tournament and why they pounded that number as soon as it posted. And look, come on, like Loyola, that's the best story there's been in college basketball for like five years. So there's yeah. no way you're not going to get money on that team. You you like were sitting in your cubbyhole of an office and you missed it. You missed the biggest story and it's going to cost you. It is. It's going to cost us a few thousand. So, uh, but hey, you know what? Michigan can can win this thing and cover. You know how easily a team can be up four, and then suddenly that four becomes five, and that becomes seven, and you know, in a in a matter of ten seconds, the line can swing five points when you get down into the the free throw shooting. So, uh, Michigan, you know, I'm not going to count Michigan out in this one. This is this is a team that was. Uh, was was not expected to to make it this far at the beginning of the year and got so much better throughout the season. You know, certain certain times you, you don't realize these kids that are 
18, 19, 20 years old, the amount of progress they make in the short span between November and March is huge. I mean, these kids are still maturing and they're learning and the strides that they can make. They may be playing the best ball ever for, for the for, in their in their careers. So I'm not going to count out this this Michigan team and the fact that they can't cover six points. I, you know, I, I'm OK with this. We're going to have to scoot roulette this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I will scoot yeah. roulette this. I yeah, am taking I Loyola. Like it. Okay. I am taking Loyola and those points. And I, listen, I'll take it at five. That's all cool. right. Yeah. I'm fine with that. You can be on the other side. It's going to be sad for you. <laughs> and nah, their fairy tale ends. Here it is. Big blue. <laughs> also, uh, Big Tony is going to be very angry about. <laughs> you losing all this money. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. So Big Tony, he's already he's already not happy cuz the, the the Sweet 16 didn't go as well as it went for us last year. Mm. Really? Who who screwed it yeah. up for you? Um probably uh, Duke Syracuse, that that turned out to be a pretty big one and then Villanova. So those those two teams. I will see that's what's interesting, right? So this uh this weekend I had I bet Loyola I bet Loyola um to cover the game, but then I also bet Loyola to cover the second half, which I lost. Then I bet the Michigan Florida State under. And on Sunday, I had uh I had Duke to cover minus three. I also had Villanova to cover minus six and a half. And the things you were saying about Michigan are what I felt about Villanova. Like Loyola is a good team. I think they're so consistent. They play the same every night. And you know what you're going to get, and they are in a place where they can pretty much keep teams close. Texas Tech, I just felt like it was going to be one of those games where they had their run, they were pretty good, but their offense isn't good enough, and Villanova is just so much better and is so quietly dominating in the tournament right now that it's kind of being forgotten. Yeah. Because uh, And so... How what what did you open Villanova Kansas at? Uh, we opened this one at five, but I'm very quickly. I, I'm probably going to go to five and a half really, really quickly. Uh, we haven't moved it yet, uh, but all the money is the bigger money's on Villanova. The ticket count is pretty even, so it's not it's not as lopsided as uh, the ticket count in the Michigan Loyola Chicago game. Uh, but I could see the money piling up on Villanova and just looking at the betting pattern through throughout the tournament. And you touched on it a little bit. Villanova has really not, doesn't seem like they've been tested very much at all throughout this entire tournament. They've really kind of had their way, not just in winning the game, but in covering the spreads. They really have, even the number hasn't really even been that close uh, I mean, like you said, Texas Tech kind of pulled within striking range of get of the six and a half, seven, but really they were more close, closer to that 10, 11, 12 range. So uh, Villanova has just been really uh, rolling through this thing. So, and there hasn't been as much support for Kansas. And, you know, from the, from the opening round when uh, people thought that Kansas might be the number one seed to, to possibly get upset um, in, in the, in their first game. So, and they've never been really uh, that confident in this Kansas team with a history of kind of getting knocked out as a high seed. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more support for, for Villanova later on in the week. I mean, you are going to get destroyed on that game. 
<laughs> so if it comes Loyola, Chicago, Villanova in the finals, it might be make up for a really great uh, championship game, but uh, it won't be good for our bottom line on Final Four Saturday. <laughs> it definitely will not be. I mean, no. No. it's going to be really, it's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, everybody is going to bet Villanova because there's nobody yeah. who has confidence in Kansas. They haven't been bet on. They are like the most, like. They have been considered the most overrated. They've had. The, let me rephrase. There's no number one seed in the last five years that it ha- that has had lower expectations than Kansas. Right. <laughs> they get the seed, the one seed every time, and then everyone's like, "Yeah, they shouldn't be a one seed." Right. <clears throat> and they get to the lead eight every year. This year they beat Duke, a really good team in the Final Four. Like, yep. But people are so overwhelmed with Villanova, like they're going to get all the money. Oh boy. You're so I'm moving the money line right now. So, so so hang on one second. I'm just moving the money line up to uh, minus two forty from uh, two thirty on Villanova. So I'm 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 moving this this game up a little bit. Line change. Grinnell, it line. sounds like we're we're gonna have to do a line change. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. So we've established you're gonna get killed on Loyola at plus five, which will probably end up at plus four uh, yep. against Michigan. You're gonna get destroyed on Villanova at uh, what is it? Minus five, you said? Yep. Minus five. Yeah, you're going to get screwed on that. You've just uh, executed a line change. I will not ask Grinnell to do anything about that on the money line. Let me ask you quickly about uh, about MLB season win totals because we had a really good story at ActionNetwork.com this weekend by Dan McGuire in which he basically said, fade every hot public trend for MLB season win totals. Last year, the most bet teams by the public uh, for season win totals were the Dodgers uh, under, the Mets over, the Tigers over, the Cardinals over, the Orioles over, the Royals over, and the Padres under. Of those seven bets, how many do you think the public won? Four. One. <laughs> One. Of wow. the most of the seven most MLB season win totals last year that were bet by the public, uh, only one, the Royals over, they were at 75 and a half. Uh, they, they won 80 games. That was the only one that went over. So, so are, go ahead. Are, are you, when you say that the public is betting them, are, are you talking about just a change in the line? That is indicating, or are they actually, you know, do you know what I mean? Like if a game, if a season win total opens up at 85 and it closes at 87, is that what's considered the most bet? We were considering it as uh, greater than 70% of bets across three okay. sports books. Gotcha. Okay. What do you think of just that? Just want to know what, what the, cri- what do you think of pretty that? Pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's accurate. I just it's wanted good, to know right? what the criteria was. No, it's good. Good. So good. So same criteria this year. Um, Dodgers under. So this is what people should be writing down. Let me pause for a second. Let me let people grab their phones, get out like the notes app or whatever they're using in their phones and whatever, or they want to get a piece of paper. Um, If Grinnell wants to use uh, this time to yell at me for 10 or 12 seconds about something while people grab notes, that's cool too. We can go silent. What do we think of that? Yeah, that was like a prayer. 
Yeah. <laughs> Grinnell, I, I noticed Grinnell didn't say anything. Grinnell, he like, he hates me. I can feel it. Um, all right, ready? These are the, the Grinnell at any point that he wants to jump on and be like, no, I don't hate you, Chad. I think you're cool. I definitely don't hate you, Chad. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, ready? Dodgers under 96 wins. The Dodgers are going to win about 100 games. Nationals over 93 and a half wins. They will win 97 games. Giants over 83 and a half games. Um, they are going to win about 80 games. It's going to, they're overrated this year. Mets over 82 and a half. Boy, they are in for a surprise because that team is not going to be very good. Rangers under 76 and a half games. Um, I'm buying the Rangers. I'm big on the Rangers this year. Athletics over 75 and a half. This team stinks. Reds under 74. It's a lot of games you got to lose if you're the Reds. White Sox over 69 and a half. This team is really bad. Public is going to lose that one. Marlins under 64 and a half. So we have nine. We have nine bets that the public is on. Again, Scooch, I'll read them to you again so you can decide and comment. Dodgers under. Nationals over. Giants over. Mets over. Rangers under. A's over. Reds under. White Sox over. Marlins under. Yeah. I, I agree with you on, on, on the Mets. Uh, what was the what was the Dodgers? You said that they're the, they're betting Dodgers the- under ninety six wins. People are betting the Dodgers under ninety six wins. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with them there. I, I, you, you, I know that I know it's a good team, but uh, you, you're so you're saying the opposite that they're gonna go over the ninety six uh, ninety six wins. Oh yes, yeah, sir. Right. Okay. That one I'm gonna disagree. That tough tough division there. Um, and, and I mean, there's just really you're you're just relying on uh, on Kershaw and that pitching staff, um, but uh, that that's a lot of wins. And I'm just not I'm not I'm not sold that the the Dodgers are going to get to get to the, that hundred mark like you said like you want. What do you think of the Rangers under? I I think the Rangers. Yeah, I would go over that. I would go. Me too. Over, I would. Yeah, I would definitely go over that. Um, Good organization, good team, better than expected this year. I think the only one of these that I really, really agree with the public on, probably the Nats over 93 and a half. Yeah. I, I mean, if they stay healthy, um, the, the, the whole thing with them is is fighting the injury bug every year. But, I mean, if they if they get the, all their – their star players to make it through an entire season with minimal injuries. I, I think they should be able to get to that mark. What are your biggest liabilities right now on season win totals with the season? What? Two or three days away. Um, Houston, actually they're betting Houston under with us a little bit. Uh, we did open them up uh, kind of high 96 and a half. The Astros, uh, the Yankees, um, they were betting the Yankees over 93 and a half. Um, so we went up to, 94 and a half on the Yankees. Uh, Most of the big name teams that uh, uh, they were betting the Red Sox over as well. Uh, So most of the, the Dodgers, we have pretty good, pretty good two way though. So um, that, that, 
I, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm also asking where your, your, your sample size is from, but um, uh, we're, we're, not, we're not lopsided on that one. I believe that you will get killed on the Astros. I actually think the, uh, <laughs> I think the Astros are going to win 102 games this year. They're scary good. They are. They are. Yeah. I mean, we tried to tried to make them pretty high, but uh, boy, they, they. I guess everybody just feels the same way that they're going to come back, back to back, same team, even better than they were last year. I mean, they were. Most of their guys are are pretty young, so uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Their guys are young, and some of their guys, like some of their best players, were hurt last year. Some of their best yeah. players, you know, also on ActionNetwork.com, we wrote about like where some of the value is. We thought the value. Uh, was on the Astros over because they're being projected to win a lot more games than the Vegas bookmakers are saying they're going to win. Yep. Well, I mean, I hope you're right. You said seven, seven of the biggest games last year, only one of them won. So, hey, maybe we get lucky again this year. I mean, the good thing is that when we start posting the, these uh, win totals, it's in the middle of football season. So if we do lose big, it kind of gets hidden in the mix of how uh, that particular football week went for us. Well, also, the good news is uh, you'll probably be able to make it up later in baseball season, especially since you're going to lose so badly in the Final Four this weekend. Yeah, well, that's true, too. Yeah, so we're just used to losing. I'm hopeful for you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, Scooch, it's time to All go. Right. Uh, coming up hey, next Chad. on the pot. Uh, uh, uh. Can I finish? Can I finish my promo right. for the next segment? I don't know. Coming- can you? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Please finish. Every time I start. <laughs> Coming up next. <laughs> Coming up next. I'm going to shut up. I'm shutting up. Just go ahead. Coming up next. Coming up next on the podcast, Stanford Steve's going to talk to us about the Final Four. Stanford Steve from ESPN. He's famous. Thanks, Scooch. All right, thank you. Talk to you, buddy. Bye. Joining me now, the second half of the buffet, as promised, Stanford Steve Coughlin from Sports Center from the SVP Sports Center show from ESPN. Everybody knows him. What's going on, brother? How are you, man? Man, good time of year. It's a great time of year. Um, I am from Chicago. I grew up uh, in the North Shore of Chicago. When I was growing up, uh, DePaul and Loyola in the 80s were basketball powerhouses, two small Catholic schools in the north side of Chicago. I've driven by the Loyola campus um, no less than 10,000 times. And I know the school well. I love the school. I'm super excited about what's happening. I mean, I did not have them getting anywhere close to this. I had them winning in the first round. I think I had them winning the second round too, but I did not have them going this far. What's your thinking on that? They were they were the ultimate team this year, Chad. That I think I got talked out of going farther than I wanted to put. Just say on my bracket, not from a not from a, a gambling sense, but just from the bracket, like. I saw them against Miami. I liked them. I and I I watched this team. I saw them play against go down to Florida and win early in the year. Um, you know, but like as far as the bracket, it just felt like they were that public team that oh yeah, because on the bottom of that bracket you had Cincinnati as the two seed, Tennessee as the three seed, 
you know, both teams have never really done much in the tournament. Rick Barnes at Texas, everyone always liked to pick against him. So I like the team, but as the days, I mean, that happens to me all the time in March Madness is you get to the, the bracket on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what are you doing? You're listening, you're talking to people about the tournament. And everybody had that 11 seed over Miami. And I, I, I got turned out. I had him in the Sweet 16. I went back and I had him losing to Tennessee uh, because I felt like too many people were on him. Uh, not to take anything away from him. It's been an awesome story. They deserve everything they got. And they are good. I, I, I was talking last night. I think this Loyola team, without a doubt, is better than the Butler team that UConn beat in the, in the final uh, a couple years ago. Not the Gordon Hayward team that Duke beat, but the, the Butler team that UConn beat with Kemba Walker. You know, it's so interesting. You're, you're touching on two things here that become commonplace in sports, which is the conventional wisdom groupthink conversation. So the brackets come out, and I think the consensus was Loyola over Miami, New Mexico State over Clemson, Marshall mm-hmm. Marshall beating um, who did Marshall Wichita State beat? Wichita State. Um, I think Charleston. A lot of people had Charleston beating Auburn. Uh, yep. There were like those four teams that everybody was talking about. If you looked at it from a bracket perspective and from uh, through the prism of just betting on those games. Even the public was on those teams. Like, they were all underdogs. The money and the tickets were all on those underdogs. And it does. It gets to you about, wow, I thought I knew something. I've watched this team play. I'm pretty smart and inside about college hoops. And then you get to it, and every single schmo who's put in a bracket is thinking Loyola, New Mexico State, Charleston, and Marshall. And it it completely Mm -hmm. makes you rethink exactly what you're doing because you don't want to be on the same side as the public. I feel like. March Madness is a very specific time where our best instincts as people who follow this play against us. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm a nice guy, just like you are. You're, you're hanging out, you're talking around the water cool at work every day. Right. Generally. I mean, a lot of times I'm sitting by myself in my <laughs> office, you know, on the third floor of my house in West Hartford. And the most I'm doing is, is maybe talking to Grinnell. But I, I get your point. Like, I don't work at ESPN anymore. I don't really have anyone else to talk to. I don't even have an office in the city. I got nothing. I figured it was pretty bad when you called me to join the podcast. Dude, I pegged you three weeks ago. I said, you're coming on. It's going to be it's going to be before Sweet yep. 16 or Final Four. You did. I'm just kidding with you. Jeez. I know you are. I know you are. But, but there's a second point here. Because I didn't really ask you uh-huh. a question in the first point. I just said, I just wanted you to agree with my, my lecture. Um, All right. It's seeping in again. Like people are saying, oh, this Loyola team is actually a really good basketball team and they can compete with anybody. And that scares me also because I don't I don't know if they're as good as Michigan. I love John Beeline. I think he's an amazing coach. How do you see this game matching up? Well, you mentioned it. John Beeline, I am starting my power rankings of coaches to wager on. And I think John Beeline is my favorite coach to bet on in all of sports. I really, wow. I really think I'm, I'm serious. I really think that. Um, Explain that to me. You, I, I just, the preparation, it seems like every year, Michigan is a better version of what they were the year before. You know, they're bigger, they're, they're more balanced. 
uh, except the free throw shooting this year. That's what scares the crap out of me. I'll give Reese Davis a ton of credit. He was on him. He said, you know, after the Big Ten tournament, obviously he loved them as a Final Four team, but they had to fix the, the, the free throw shooting aspect. They have it. Almost gave away the game. Uh, we all know that plenty of people had Michigan in the Elite Eight, uh, thanks to the Florida State not following and everybody being mad. But Beeline, just you know what you're getting. You've seen it so many times. Going back to the Big East tournament when I used to go and West Virginia was in it, he was the coach there. Every March, they would make a run there. Boom, they go to the NCAA tournament, Sweet 16 with not really a great team. They got lucky a couple times, or I should say they were unfortunate to have to play, uh, I want to say Patino in 05. Uh, and Patino had a, you know, had a hot team, and that was a, that was a uh, dictator to go to the Final Four. But I just know what I'm getting with Michigan. I know they're going to be good from outside. I know they're going to win when they don't play their best. And you have to do that in March. And I think Villanova did it more than once, which is, is hard to, to come by in, the Mar- in, in March Madness, especially in the NCAA tournament. Because I always say you have to win at least one game when you don't play your best. I think Villanova's won two times already not playing their best, which scares me. But Michigan is that, is that lower tier of Villanova where they – you know, in the Big Ten tournament, they had to go to overtime to beat Iowa because they shot like 20 or 15% from three-point range. How many other teams in the nation could do that and still win a game in advance when they need all the wins they could get this time of year? So, yes, I think John Beeline's at the top of my list when it comes to coaches and, and gambling in sports. All right. That is a massively bold statement, and I need to follow up on that in a second. But I agree with you about okay. Beeline. Back in the day when I did have an office and a lot of people uh, to talk to on a daily basis, um, we did an issue of ESPN the magazine called One Day, One Game. And we flooded the zone on a, on a huge sporting event. And it was the year that Beeline in Michigan, who's that guy who's been a total bust? That point Pitt guard. Stagel. No, oh. uh, no, no. Trey, uh, it was a couple of years ago, like 2012. Trey Burke? Trey Burke, right? So Trey Burke was on that team. Burke. Did he really? Yeah. Not so much of a Trey bust. Bur- oh, the Michigan team? Trey yeah. Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr. Right. Um, yeah, they had the big kid that got hurt and got drafted by the Thunder. That's right. Um, Mitch, yeah. uh, Mitch something Mitch. or other, right? Yep, yep. It's like, it's like when he was, uh, you know, he was like a Texas Ranger, like everything everything he did, like he could, you know, Chuck Norris, like it was Mitch so-and-so, like he could just <laughs> stop the world on its axis. Um, because he was having uh, such a good tournament. Cool. Um, we did a whole issue about them and and a game they played against Ohio State because it was the year like every week it seemed like the Big Ten had four buzzer beaters. And um, they were amazing. And Beeline, we did a huge story about him, just seemed like the greatest guy and the smartest coach, technically sound. His players loved him. He didn't take it so seriously. Like he knew how to sort of ride the wave of a season and the rhythm of his players to get the most out of him at the right time. And he did that in the tournament, too, that year. I think they went to the finals. Yeah, again, they lost to uh, Louisville again. That, that's been Beeline's nemesis. Again, I didn't really ask you a question there. Did I? I'm just trying to support your facts when you don't have the fact in front of you. Does that make sense? That. So the second thing is, John Beeline would be your... your um, Top all-time coach, your top coach to bet on 
in a cross-sport bet on coaches ranking. That's really interesting. I would put him up there. Um, I mean, I don't know how you don't have Bill Belichick atop that list. It doesn't seem like, you know, generally outside the Super Bowl, like regular season, I got to think he's the guy you bet on. Like he's got to be number one. No, I, I see. I disagree. I think the Patriots are always the lines are too inflated. I, I and I know you and Scooch are the NFL guys, but I'm not really an NFL guy. I would, I mean, I would lean towards NFL wise. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Belichick. I'm always scared to lay so many points with the Patriots, knowing how their defense hasn't been what it has been in, in years past. Am I not right? Is that not the right take to have NFL wise? Well, this year he's been amazing. Like even against the lines that were massively inflated and on the road, they were just—it didn't seem to matter. They were breaking all the yeah. rules that you would expect. Okay, I, I mean, yeah, I mean Brady. I just think more of players, quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, when I'm when I'm thinking of of betting more than coaches. Who would be your number two? If Beeline is number one, who's your number two? In all of sports. Yeah. Uh. You'd have to have Urban Meyer up there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'd have to say Scott Frost. The last couple of years has been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Chip Kelly for a long time would have been a guy. Chip Kelly. Yep. Um, I don't. I don't bet on my alma mater, but I'm sure that people really enjoy David Shaw. Why uh, don't you bet on your alma mater? Because I always think they're going to lose. So, oh, interesting. I I I have enough. Uh, what do they call that? Emotional. Emotional uh, hedge. Yeah, I have enough enough emotions on the game, so there's no need to add anything into the game. You're the uh, opposite. It's the opposite of emotional hedge. Okay, that's what you're doing. Um, Jim Calhoun used to be up there. Uh, UConn was one of those March teams, but Beeline, man, like it's just, I always know what I'm going to get, and I. I didn't um, have the gravitas to pick Michigan to go to the Final Four because, again, I thought too many people were. So I went with the one seed in my bracket, Xavier. That did not work out well. Um, no. So, but, you know, the thought was there, you know. Who was your, who was your original Final Four? <laughs> oh, you do not want to know. <laughs> I had – I don't know if anybody got to the Sweet 16. I had – Oh, yeah. I had Purdue. I had uh, Tennessee. I had Xavier, and I had Michigan State. How's that? Tennessee? Yeah. They're one shot away from being there. Yeah, I just – I have no faith in Rick Barnes, and I just don't think that – like, to me, that was a – that team was an anomaly this year. I had – I had um, Cincinnati winning it all. Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga, Villanova, okay. and Michigan State. I had Cincinnati, Michigan State in the finals. Wow. Wow. I had all four number one seeds in my women's bracket, and that's 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 happening. But nobody wants to ever have me on a podcast to talk about that. Nope, not interested. I I'm it's not, and I'm not anti women's right. basketball. I just, uh, just want to let the people know. It's harder to bet on it. It's harder to find your outs. Uh, yeah. I think the advantages are, are less apparent. Um, all right. So with Loyola, Michigan, 
take yep. a team that's really good that you think is better than the Butler teams from a few years ago uh, yep. as a comparison versus your favorite coach to bet on. And uh-huh. what is the number at right now? Is it five right now? Five. Yeah, five. So uh, you look at that number, what do you think? I look at the other number, the 126 over under, and I kind of like the over. I think these teams are skilled enough offensively to make shots, make enough shots, um, and I think it's going to be a clean game. Both teams are, are obviously going to have time to prepare. We talked about that, but I still think there's enough shot-making ability uh, for both teams to score 60-plus. So I like the over if I had to. I did it in the Elite Eight game. With Michigan, you just feel like people are on the Michigan. They like the bigger name team. They like that they play in the bigger conference. I think when it comes down to this time, so I would probably lay the two hundred and and just take Michigan money line. I am looking at the total right now, and it listed at one twenty nine and a half. Wow, that's up there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I still you say still let's, like let's it at one twenty nine and a half. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If Syracuse so can get I, into the 130s, they, those two teams can. I think Loyola's going to cover this game. Okay. I think it's going to be really close. If you're saying points, Brett, I, I would take Loyola too. Yeah, so why would you pay the minus 200 on Michigan on the money line instead of paying minus 110 on Loyola at five points? Because I think Michigan's going to, I'm more confident that Michigan's going to win the game than I am with, com- with the points. Playing yeah. a little confidence uh, meter betting, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you bring the old confidence, the cold pizza confidence meter. Confidence meter, breaking it out. <laughs> I like it. That's uh, good. What about, um, what about uh, Villanova and Kansas? That game's at five also. It is. Um, this one, I feel like everyone is going to bet Villanova and I would have to say, I don't love it. I would take Kansas here. Uh, Bill self been great. Uh, even though I still feel like people get on him for his early exits. I mean, he's been the three straight elite eights. He's back in the final four. He's in San Antonio where they won the title in 2008 when all four one seeds went and, and, and made that final four. Uh, I, I get it. Villanova is, I mentioned they, they've won multiple games not playing their best. And I think Kansas has the athleticism. Villanova did not blow me away in that East uh, Regional against West Virginia or, or Texas Tech. I thought uh, DiVincenzo was a better offensive player. Um, Spellman's phenomenal. He doesn't get any credit for, for what the, the, the things he does. He does defending in the paint moving out, making threes. He turned the whole West Virginia game around with that block and, and put back dunk. Um, but Reynolds, uh, not Reynolds, Brunson really, I don't know if he's an NBA player, great college player, totally expecting to see him back in college next year. But I think Kansas has the athleticism to, to guard him. And the rebounding, as Bouquet, you saw him in foul trouble against Duke. But D'Souza, I think those two guys can help Kansas hang on the boards. And McCalla and, and Graham are, are make. I mean, Kansas made the threes when it counted against Duke, and I think they're battle-tested. I, I, bet, I think this is maybe the fifth year in a row I said they weren't going to win the Big 12, and here they are again. But I, I, I would feel 
pretty good taking the points with Kansas here? You? I got to tell you, I'm torn. I feel so good about Loyola Chicago at plus five. Wow. And um, I Villanova has been so phenomenal and making it look relatively easy, uh, covering at a very generous pace. Um, if you actually look at it, we have a great story on actionnetwork.com today about that looks at the relative ease with which teams made it to the final four. And mm-hmm. if you look at the, the Vegas expectations, Loyola actually um, had a relatively easy march. Like they exceeded the Vegas expectations by seven points per game, meaning whatever the spread was, they beat the closing number by seven points. Villanova has done the okay. exact same thing. Like Villanova and Loyola, if you look at Vegas expectations, have both had the same easy path to the Final Four. Uh, the difference is that. Loyola has had to do it, playing it as well as it's ever played in the history of the school. And Villanova is doing it, shooting 30% and like not even scratching the surface of their potential. And so I feel like if that team puts it all together, they just don't seem, Kansas feels inconsistent to me, streaky and athletic and inconsistent. Villanova feels like they're playing the same no matter what way they're shooting. And the only difference is how many points they're scoring. Are they scoring 70? Are they scoring 90? Do you know what I mean? That's my analysis. Yeah, I totally see you there. I just, Kansas, I I was with you on the inconsistency, but man, they showed me a lot uh, in this, in this tournament and in the, in the big 12 tournament when they didn't have Azubuki and they were sitting them with the sprained knee. So Obviously, this is the second game. It's the bigger matchup, two bigger-name programs. But Villanova does still have that sense of they haven't busted all the way out and no one can touch them. But, I mean, if you're getting this late in March, Chad, and, and there's five points out there, you could turn into, you know, whatever, six. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to take points. I can't stand giving points in this tournament. You're convincing me. Uh, Uh, only because also i feel like i feel like you know bias is an important inherent bias is an important part of um of betting and i have an inherent bias against kansas i feel like they are they underperform even though they generally haven't as you pointed out yeah and so i don't know why i i I picked duke as a three-point favorite this weekend and which I never do. Wow. Um, wow. But I also picked I also picked Nova as a six and a half point favorite, um, which uh-huh. I never do. So I think I'm going to stick with Nova. Okay, that's what I think. I'm just doing it. Got no complaints. I'm, I'm going with Nova. I'm going with Illinois Chicago. I like it. And then who do you think is going to win? I like it. Who do you think is going to win? I mean, I mean, Villanova was what minus one twenty five to win the whole thing this morning. Um, so, I mean, if you like Villanova, I'm imagining you already had it before the tournament, before the sweet 16, they were three to one. I, I mean, if that's the matchup, I, I don't, I don't see Loyola being able to score with, uh, Villanova, even though they do have five guys in double figures. I, I know that, but I mean, when, it, when everybody's at their best, it's, I think it's easy Villanova but it just always feels like in these national semifinals, 
this is this is where the teams slip up, and I I think you're convincing me at Loyola, and I'm convincing you at Kansas. I think Kansas is going to be the least amount bet team, without a doubt, in these games. Yes, you feel I agree. You feel me on that one? Okay, totally agree. Uh, so, but if you're going to go that, I'm going to say Michigan, Villanova, and I'm going to say I'm going to say Michigan wins the national title. Wow. I'm gonna, I would I would like that to be the case. I would like I would be, like Michigan to win the national title. I'm a huge John Beeline fan. Um I like the Michigan program. Like uh, he makes me happy. Yeah, he's he's as good as there is, man. It's uh it's it's pretty pretty special what he's done with that program from where it was and the um the amount of people that are involved in that program, you know, the fan base, the alumni, and it just feels like it's almost turned into a matter of fact thing with John Beeline and Michigan in the final four or the lead eight in March. It's amazing. All right. Well, that would make my house insufferable because my <laughs> wife went to Michigan. All right. Well, you in didn't fact, tell me that. In fact, I can tell you a story. Back when we were in college, back in the stone age, uh, I was there. Indiana and Michigan were number one in the country. This was 93, so it's the Fab Four. It's the Fab Five, uh, and it's, uh, they were number two in the country, and we had Indiana had Calbert Chaney and Greg Graham and Chris Reynolds and— Damon Bailey still on the team? Damon Bailey was on the team, uh, Pat right. Graham, uh, yep. and um, Indiana was number one. They played on Valentine's Day weekend in Bloomington. I was dating my— wife then she was just my girlfriend mm-hmm. she was visiting from michigan came in for valentine's day indiana was down by 30 points in the first half came back and uh came back and they won in the second half assembly hall's going crazy and everyone's going nuts after the game i'm supposed to meet stacy my then girlfriend now wife at my mm-hmm. house where i'm living and i get home and she's not there and she calls me and she says um Calls me from a payphone. She's like, I just want you to know, I'm already on the way back to Ann Arbor. I can't come back to your house. You'll be too annoying. I'll talk to you later. Wow. Wow. Isn't that awful? You didn't, for, you didn't forget that one. I didn't forget that one because she thought I would be <laughs> she thought I would be gloating so much about Indiana's win. She couldn't bother coming to say goodbye to me. In a long distance relationship. I think that's fine. I do, too. I actually respect yeah. that. I do, too. All right, Stanford. Unless you're going to tell me one of your you know, favorite love stories about courting your wife, I guess we're done. Uh, I think we're going to be done, Chad. Listen, I think we're all going to be rooting for Michigan. Like, I will be okay if, I, <laughs> if Michigan gets there, as long as I win my bet, and I'll be very happy with Michigan winning it all. All right. All right, brother. Good luck. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You got it, my man. You're the best. Love you, too. Talk to you.